couple of months after setting up his business back in 2015, Lloyd Gordon was down to his last 200 pounds. Fast forward seven years, he's built a hugely successful multi-brand recruitment group, uh, Focus Cloud, that employs over 110 people. Uh, during this chat, we're gonna talk about scaling a successful recruitment business, overcoming some of the hurdles that inevitably you're gonna face, some of the things that he might've done differently, some of the things that underpin the success of his business, and what he sees as happening next. Fascinating guy, absolutely great story, and I uh, really hope you enjoy it. So, massive welcome to uh, Lloyd Gordon, Group CEO at Focus Cloud. Good to have you on, Lloyd. Great to be here, Gordon. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me. And I think the timing of having you on is fantastic because you just uh, had some uh, exciting news in the last few weeks where you've uh, um, made an acquisition. Correct. Yeah, we've um, uh, Focus Cloud acquired um, the Cognitive Group, which is uh, which is a Microsoft recruitment company. Um, so really proud to have them as part of the Focus Cloud Group. Fantastic. Yeah, and I'd like to get into that hot that the acquisition piece. Uh, in a little bit, if that's okay. And you've already, I know you've already got your co-branded balls, cognitive golf balls, cognitive group, and, and focus cloud, which is fantastic. So it's all coming together beautifully. Start yeah. with the, start with the golf balls, I would say, and then the you know the rest will follow. The, the golf balls are the important part, right? <laughs> <laughs> they was actually sent to me by uh, by John Keane. Love it, yeah, and 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 I, and I know John from uh, I did some work with him and his management team a few years ago. Love absolutely cracking business. So very exciting. Yeah. Um, addition to to the group so you set up um you set up the business in 2015 and mm -hmm. um you had the ambition to build a global cloud recruitment powerhouse that everybody could be proud of um looking at your journey you you've gone from focusing on workday you've added on sap uh, expertise security salesforce and now microsoft uh which is which is really interesting to look at in terms of the trajectory um, how's, how's it been, you know, A, why did you start it out? Um, what was, what, what made you go for it? And, and, and that's a really, really lovely ambition. I think it's, I love big, bold ambitions. So what, 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 where was your mind at right at the beginning of this? Um, it, yeah, it was, it was kind of something that I, um, I was thinking about for a while. I mean, I was, a I was a super, um, super biller, if you can say that, you know, I was, I was billing, you know, well in excess of a million pounds, um, and you know, extremely comfortable. And that was the issue, right? The issue was I was comfortable, and I didn't want to be comfortable anymore. I wanted to put myself in a, a scenario to push myself. So I decided, and it literally it was one day. Literally, it was um, I was travelling to the office, um, which was in London at the time. And uh, and I and I by the time I got to the office, I decided that I was going to start my own company. Um, it was a commute. It was a commute decision. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was something that was kind of festering my own my own mind for a while beforehand, but um, you know, through whatever reason, you know, it, it didn't it didn't happen, or I didn't do it. And then and then I got very very serious about those kind of thoughts, and I just thought. And then one day I woke up in the morning and got on the train as usual, going to uh, to Old Street at the time. And, um, and by the time I'd got to London Bridge, I decided I was going to, you know, I was going to go into the office 
I was going to hand my notice in because I decided that I was going to start my own company. I didn't, didn't know what the company was going to be called. I didn't know anything like that, but I knew I was going to start my own company. So I, I just thought to myself, my boss needs to know that. So that's what I did. I went and handed my notice in and, um, you know, the rest is history. So, so again, it's, e it's easy to read the sort of gr successful growth of a business on paper. You see, you know, moving into these different markets, moving into this market acquisition, etc. Um, how, how was it starting out? Terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, terrible. There was, there not, was a long... You're not encouraging all, <laughs> all, all aspirational entrepreneurs with that comment. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just being, I'm just being honest. Um, it, you know, I, I, I had a lovely head of hair, just like yours, um, Gordon, <laughs> when I started, and um, and then a couple of years later, it, it ended up, uh, it ended up coming away at the front. So I just shaved it off, and you get what you see today. Um, but the, um, you know, the first three to four months were. Um, probably the the most exciting and also the most stressful and frightening time of my life because I had to put everything that I had into this company including signing my own house over um, in order to get some uh, some funding from the bank that was down to the exit that I had from my previous company. So I had some money in the bank, but I also had a very expensive lifestyle mm -hmm. and kids and house and all that sort of stuff. So there was there was a there was a there was a pot of money that needed to go into the company. And then I gave myself uh three to four months uh leverage on my monthly expenses after that to get the company up and running. Because you think to yourself, you know, when you start, especially when you're a, when you're a when you're a one million pound plus biller as I was, was doing 1.6 million pounds, right? So, you know, when you start a company, you think it's going to be successful and it's going to be successful within two, three weeks. I'm going to have two, three, maybe four runners within a couple of weeks. And um, so, so what I did is I gave myself that buffer of like four months money. It wasn't even a buffer, right? It was more, that's all I've got. <laughs> you know, that's all I've got. Yeah. I need yeah. to put this into the, into the company. And this needs to go into the setup of the company and I need to do this, this, and this. Yeah. And this is what I've got left, which means this company has to work within month four. Otherwise, I'm bankrupt. And then so I signed over the house, um, signed over the house as well as collateral for the company. So I literally was going to be homeless if the company didn't work. So as, as exciting as that, that kind of initial few months were, um, it was also very frightening and very. I don't think the I don't think stress would would be the right word. It wasn't stressful, but it was. I you know several times I thought, oh my god, what have I done, you know, and and I just I just had to kind of live, you know, every day by faith, and faith that it was going to work out and. Uh, and I had to work really, really, really hard. So in the first, you know, probably in the first 12 months of this business, and this is no, um, this is no exaggeration. I was doing between 16 and 20 hours a day, seven days a week um, to make, to get it off the ground. So what was you know, the, I mean, uh, the, you came from being a super biller, so you, you knew what exactly what you had to do. So was it the distraction of running the business that, 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 that um, stopped you bringing in the, the, the revenues that you anticipated? 
there was all there was all types of distractions at you know in the first few months there was this distraction of um you know i had i had a, a small could say a small legal battle going on with my ex-employer because they owed me some money they obviously didn't want to pay it they uh, obviously wanted to try and stop me from doing you know potentially i could have brought them down right and you know i was their top biller by a country mile and if i'm the top biller and if my intentions weren't pure i could have broken them quite easily mm. and they knew that and as a result of me trying to get my money there was a, there was a a legal battle between between two solicitors, my solicitor and their solicitor, yeah. which went back and forth, which obviously consumed a lot of cash that I had as well, which I, you know, without that that exit commissions and exit uh, notice and um, shares money being paid back to me, I didn't have that money to be able to afford to defend myself mm. at the time. So I had all of that at the, at the same time as trying to, uh, you know, I, I promised I promised that I wouldn't, um uh break my restrictive covenant yeah and i never break i never broke my um i never broke my restrictive covenant and i'm very proud of that you know um even though i didn't get what i was due to get i still i think i was in the situation where i was like well i've, I've said now that i'm not going to break my restrictive covenant mm -hmm. i could have just picked up my picked up the phone to all of my old customers and just gone i don't care what you're going to do come and yeah come and do what you got to do but that's not that's not ethical and you know, I would have found myself in, in county court if I did that, and I didn't do that. And um, you know, and uh, I'm really proud of that. You know, yeah, yeah, it's not very often. It's not very often. It's not very often I get asked about that, actually, Gordon. But you know, now now talking to you about it, I'm really proud of the fact that I didn't do that. And you know, I built this company with brand brand new candidates, brand new clients from a standing start. You know, when you're when you set up your your office, your recruitment office in the first day, right, and you open up your CRM and nothing's on it, yeah, <laughs> you kind of go, oh. and then you've got you know you've got like legal legal battles going on. So every time you you know you, I like to give the analogy of winding up the turbo. So I like winding up my turbo, and as soon as the turbo is really fast, you know, it's really difficult for me to be stopped. But if then you get an email from like a legal company trying to sue you, you know, as they were implying that it was going to do, um, that stops the turbo. Do you know what I mean? And then the turbo needs to then roll up again. So it's like stop, start, stop, start. And, you know, you're also trying to set up things like websites. You're trying to look at, you know, which job boards am I going to be? What job boards am I going to use? Um, which customers are going to go after? You know, my exit from my last my last uh, my last employer was was a, a pretty sharp exit. So I I was not supposed to start the company until January 2016. Mm. I handed my notice in in August 2015, and I left three weeks later. In fact, I was fired three weeks later after nine years of loyal service mm. because I handed my notice and told the truth you know so yes. that's where i'm at i was at so i didn't have all that planning yeah to, to, like this is what i'm going to do and this is how i'm going to do it i was supposed to do that from january yeah but i didn't have that luxury so it's quite it's a couple of things that are interesting <laughs> to me a when employees leave 
businesses, I think there's always a good way to exit and it works for both parties. So, so that reputational damage of a poor exit is always interesting. The, the other thing, when you're talking about not breaking your restrictive covenant, um, the, you know, I've seen people break them and again, reputationally, it's bad news, but, but, but also one of your five values is honor. So yeah, yeah. it just seems from, from day one, if honor is genuinely one of your values, then you, you effectively being true to yourself and true to, true to your values that you've, you've built the business. Yeah. 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 I mean, even, even though, even though it would have hugely benefited me yeah, not to be honorable in that time. Yeah. And, um, even though I didn't get what I thought that I was owed, you know, that was mine. I wasn't asking for anything that wasn't mine. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, you know, looking back, it wouldn't, it would have been almost acceptable to break your restrictive covenant in those circumstances, because, you know, if you're, if you're looking to, 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 to protect your family and grow a company and you're under financial stress and pressure because of you, you because of, something that some someone or a company done to you mm. then most people i would think 95 percent of people would turn around and go okay well i'm not i'm not giving to my restriction then. i think a lot. i totally agree but that's that's authentic i want to fast forward um uh, a few years when i first met you when you joined trn uh, i think you had about 30 35 people based uh, out of uh, crawley in london and that that's the way the, the since then the journey where you've moved into different spaces different technologies and then obviously an acquisition um how much how much of that was following a strategic plan versus opportunity coming your way um my my middle my middle name is george <laughs> yeah. right but my also but there's a i also have another middle name which is called agile and dynamic right um <laughs> The truth is, we saw an opportunity very early on to uh, to make a very big impact in a market that not a lot of people were doing things in at the time, which was the workday market. And um, we managed to we managed to grow. So once we got over that four that first four months, where I told you, you know, it was it was it was close to bankruptcy. It was I had two hundred quid away from going bankrupt. I feel like if I look back. It was almost like the company started. I dropped massively, and then the bounce was almost uh, was almost inverted. Mm. Um, because as soon as the first contractor started, the first permanent uh, piece of revenue came in, and you know, and things just snowballed from there. And when I first joined the TRN, we were about fifteen people. Mm. I think I just I just opened up our London office, a very small London office, and I had about yeah eight people in Gatwick it was very early on and we were still doing work day and we were doing exceptionally well we really made a splash in the workday market um and I'm still very grateful to to everyone who's helped us to 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 build that reputation in, in the workday market we're, we're number one in the UK and Europe in workday um and a lot of the customers that we were working with consistently were saying oh you guys are doing such a great job in Workday, which is a really niche skill set to find, can you help us in SAP? Can you help us in Salesforce? Can you help us in ServiceNow? And, and I think those murmurings were, were brought to my attention, or I was aware of those murmurings from the customers, let's say around 2018, you know? And then, and then 20, towards the end of 2018, I'm starting to think, you know, there's going to be a point where 
you know, we we have enough people in in the workday market from a recruitment perspective because the the, the workday market was about two and a half thousand people, two and a half thousand customers mm. at the time. Very very small in conjunction with the rest of the ERPs. Um, so I'm thinking there's going to be a there's going to have to be a point when I'm going to have to diversify. And um, and then in 2020, towards towards the end of 2019, I made the decision that we're going to diversify in 2020. And that was just before COVID. So obviously 2019, COVID wasn't around, pandemic's fine, everything's going great. We just had our record year. We hired all these people. We'd improved back office processes. We'd invested all this money and stuff like that for a, for a fantastic 2020. And then bang, COVID happens. Um, so, so what happened was we set up this SAP brand in February 2020, and uh, in the first week of the SAP round, we, we made two contract placements from a standing start. Um, so it just it just flew right, and then COVID happens. <laughs> so it was you know like you know it was really it was a bit like, oh, yeah, and then you know there were other things there were other things in in COVID which you know affected me personally as well. So on top of having to, you know, let people work from home, which was never part of the plan, um, dealing with the pressure and stress of people working from home, trying to take a company which you don't really know through the pandemic what the pandemic is going to hold because no one, it's not like I could call Gordon and say, Gordon, you know, when, you know, when that pandemic happened in, you know, in, you know, a couple of years ago, what did you do? And how would you, how would you kind of navigate me through this? What should I be doing? No one had any experience of it. So I'm sitting there not knowing how to run this company through that period because no one does. Right. So what should I do? And, and then, and then my dad catches COVID, you know, in April, my dad dies of COVID at the end of April. God rest his soul. Um, and all this at the same time as all these other things business-wise, and you're you're almost thinking to yourself, I've worked so hard, or we have worked so hard, myself and my team have worked so hard to make this company a success. And you know what? It might just be taken away from us like that. Mm. It might be. And by the way, your dad's dying. And do you know what I mean? It was just, it was just uh yeah. It was just horrible. Yeah. It was just it was just a horrible period. But um, you know, we got we got through it. And in in COVID, we, um, how, how, we just, how did you? But how did you personally manage that period where the you know the the, the business flux and the challenges of the business and the new new divisions you'd launched, plus losing your dad? How did and yet you were responsible for a growing team team of people who were challenged themselves. How did you get through that personally? Well, I just, I think, I think personally, um, one of the great things about, you know, that period, Gordon, was we was all working from home. And, and I personally wasn't working from home because I lived five minutes, five minutes walk, maybe 10 minutes walk away from the office. So I was going into the office every day, which meant that a lot of my team didn't see the state, the mental state that I was actually in, mm. you know? So you kind of put this brave face on, you know, you join the morning meeting, you're positive and everything. And I was positive. I knew we were going to get through it. And I was, I was kind of thinking to myself, 
you know, over my dead body, are we, are we going to lose this company just because of this? But when my father, when my father got ill and I knew he was going to die, not being able to go and see him really messed with my mind. And the truth is, I would be sitting in the office by myself, um, making phone calls, you know, running up to the period of when my dad actually passed, which was the 23rd. And I was all over the place. I was all over the place, but I was by myself. So no one saw what that was like. Um, and that was that was really, really tough. And the team were superb, you know, like the... Um, we what we did is we went to like a a morning a morning sales meeting every single morning so we had to catch up together which was all done remotely and um we just got through it as a team mm. but but behind closed doors yeah you know there there was there was especially the 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 parent the factor was breaking me inside mm. at the same time that you're hearing all this stuff about the market and you're having to let all your staff and trying to manage that on a day-to-day basis to keep them positive and all those types of things. So it really is really, really tough. But um, so as soon as that kind of subsided and we got got through, I got through the, like the death of my father, I know it's morbid saying that, um, uh, we, we then went on to open up another brand. So we opened Focus on Salesforce. We, um, we opened Focus on ServiceNow um, and we opened Focus on Life Science. And we did that all in the pandemic. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, yeah, so it was, it was a challenge, but it was, ex- it was an exciting challenge. It is, it is obviously, you know, your personal, personal loss, um, your personal loss aside, you would have been one of those people. I remember talking to members through the pandemic and certain, certain a number of them had a little twinkle in their eye because actually intellectually they were challenged by the opportunity of navigating their business successfully through this through this crazy period of, of the pandemic. And I can imagine I can imagine your twinkle. I do actually, it's just reminded me that I, d- I did a session with your whole team when you were working Monday to Thursday in the office and Friday from home and the productivity was slightly different on the Friday. And it was just yeah. that whole experimentation. How do we make this work, this hybrid work? And it was fascinating. Yeah. So so if you, if I think of, um, what's the headcount in the group now with Cognitive? 107 people. So 107 people. So you've grown it from, you've, got, you've moved from being a super biller, uh, very successful, starting out to 107 people. Uh, 110 people, by the way, is one of the two pinch points for organizational development, but that's another story. Um, this is your first um, acquisition. Yes. Is that right? Um, where, where, what, what lessons have you got or what lessons have you learned about scale, scaling a business? Because w- by whatever, whoever I compare you with, from 2015 to having 100, nearly 110 people in 2022, is that, that's pretty significant growth. What have you learned about scaling? Yeah, I think um, you know not not only on you know on the on the number of um, employees as as a group now we are, um, it's also like the you know the turnover of the business. Turnover of the business is in excess of sixty million pounds, um, and you know obviously GP and, and and net profit are following that same sort of trend, right? Um, so there's 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 this huge scale in in all all sides. Um, one of the things I've learned, <laughs> I've learned a lot, 
Um, but one of the one of the mistakes I think I've made um, is that I didn't pay close attention to back office systems um, at the time. So so pre-pandemic, we were running between 50 and 60 contractors. We we were doing fantastically well, right? You know, like we had, you know, let's say between 20 and 30 people, you know, we we're making significant profits every single month. Um, but we had 50 to 60 contractors. It would fluctuate in between every every couple of months. And um, our permanent revenue was through the roof. So we were super successful. Once the pandemic happened and then the, um, the uh, additional businesses happened, and because of the investment that we'd made in 2019 into people and some systems, um, we, were, we, were, we were ideally positioned when that bounce happened, in, especially in the cloud space because we'd spent all those years building our reputation to be able to capitalize when the cloud space came to fruition, right? If that makes sense. So we've gone from, you know, let's say 50 contractors to 250 contractors, just on Focus Cloud. You know, Cognitive have got, you know, well over 100, 150 contractors as well, which is now part of the groups. So and now you've got a group with, you know, 400 contractors. Um, and the truth is, on the focus cloud side, we wasn't ready for that exponential growth from a back office and uh, operations point of view. We we were we we had systems that were uh, sufficient for a business of that size, but not that size. Got it. And um, yeah, if I could if I could go back, um, I would say pay close attention to those maybe get the systems in, in place first, but then you can never, you can never predict growth like that. We, we grew 400%. Yeah. Who, who would have predicted 400% growth? But, you know, if I'd have paid more attention to those uh, back office processes and systems in the first place, we wouldn't have had some of the issues we've had since that growth has exploded in that way. And so what are the other... I love scaling. It's, for me, it's all about building machine. What are the other areas that, that, from a consolidation point of view, that have allowed you to do it? Because for me, there's the systems, there's process, there's there's culture, there's leadership. What are some of the areas that you think you've got particularly right? Uh, culture, culture. I think um, we've got right. You know, um, <clears throat> obviously, the culture is the culture is going to be tweaked. A little bit with the addition of cognitive because we make we need to make them we need to make a fused culture right but but cognitive's culture is is very similar to our culture anyway so culture i think we've got right some some areas of the leadership team abs absolutely perfect others i think um other others other areas we could probably um we're still in that development stage um with with those individuals i think that um, you know, the service has, has never has never dropped off to our customers in that, in fact, our service has improved. We've, we've opened an office in, um, in the US as well. Um, so, you know, we've got two employees physically in the US. Uh, we, wanna, we wanna build the US, so we've got that right as well. Um, and, it's, and, it's, and it's very, um, they're doing extremely well within a very short space of time as well. So, um, you know, just, there's loads of stuff that we've got right. Loads of stuff that we got wrong, but loads of stuff we got right. Yeah, and, and I was, I'm really glad, to, I, I've done a lot of 
mergers and acquisitions over the years and the first couple I got horribly wrong because I didn't do what you were talking about which was really over invest in making sure that it's a win-win for both parties yeah. so as the acquirer we were typically I went in initially and said right this is our way of doing it come on board um which was completely the wrong way to do it I got better at it um that, that's really exciting so so um Fantastic place to be now. What's what, what's next? Obviously, the integration of, of cognitive, but but what next on the vision to be the uh, to be the uh, global cloud recruitment powerhouse? Everyone to be proud of. Um, you, you are global. You, you're servicing um, global clients. What's next? So yeah, I mean the the, the integration of cognitive um, is 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 top priority, um, and. Um, and also to ensure that you know we take the template of what we've currently got for the you know the European and the and the North American template for Focus Cloud, and we install that and enable um, the cognitive guys to, to to benefit from that. Um, on the flip side of that as well, cognitive have some great customers that um, the areas of Focus Cloud, the, the subdivisions of, so, of, of Focus Cloud can capitalize on as well. So it's it's making sure that, you know, rather than going out there and trying to trying to win lots of new customers, mm. actually you've got we've got lots of customers now. Let's make sure we're capitalizing those those customers with each individual service area and offering that we have. And then once we've done that, once we've looked after our existing customers, then we can look, we can go and look after new customers. Um, I want to make sure that, um, you know, the staff is suitably incentivized with the growth plans that we have, which I think, you know, we, we've definitely got that right as well. Um, you know, moving forward, I want to make sure that people have got, um, you know, the right opportunities to, to, to maybe even move brands or move up within, you know, promotion, promotion opportunity to, take the business and their careers forward. I'm anticipating um, three new brands, but we've got, you know, we've got international expansion and maxim maximization of opportunity internally before we even think about new brands. Mm. We've got to make sure we're maximizing and, 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 and offering our customers and our employees um, the right opportunities and, and, and services internally to develop themselves. Mm. Um, so that's that's what I see next. Love it, love it. It sounds a long way from the uh, from the guy who's opened up his laptop with nobody on the nobody on the database, just staring at, thinking, right, let's go. <laughs> no, it's amazing. It, it's it it is a, a phenomenal story. Uh, what what do you what have you enjoyed most about it, journey, and what do you enjoy most about today? Um, I think um, what I enjoyed most about this journey is. It's been like, not only from the, from a company perspective, but also, um, you know, some of the employees. You know, we've got we've got people that have been there five six years. Um, so so for me, it's been a bit like planting a seed and watering it every single day, and then seeing that seed grow into a lovely looking flower. Um, and you know, I could think of the company in that way, but I can also think about certain individuals, um, you know, that have helped the company grow in that time as well. They've, 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 you know, they've done very, very well. Like a lot of them, you know, there's, there's some critical individuals in that, 
where I could say that if it wasn't for those individuals, we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah. Um, and, and seeing them grow into, into being better people, um, better managers, um, or even having the opportunity to be a manager, you know, um, has been, yeah, it's been one of the nicest things. It's been one of the nicest things for me. I love, I love the, um, I love the word flourish. And I just, um, you know, when you grow and win together and see people flourish, I think it's really rewarding. I love it. Um, I've just got to ask one specific question about one of your values that's always intrigued me because uh, a lot of your values that you have, have underpinned the cult, great culture you've built are, you know, make a lot of sense. There's one of them, 24 seven is, is not a value that you see typically. What, what does that mean to you? 24 seven is, um, it's just a way of it's a way of working, right? It's a way of being. So it means that you know we're switched on for our clients, switched on for our candidates, and we're switched on for each other all of the time, okay. every day, seven days a week. Doesn't mean that you're sitting at the desk twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. By the way, it just means that you know if one of your customers, one of your customers needs something, you know your customer calls you on a Friday night, for example, and says, Lloyd. I've, I've got a problem. I've had someone fall out and I need someone to start on Monday and I absolutely need that to happen Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, right? We don't go and have a weekend. We get back to the, back to the desks. You work the whole weekend to make sure you deliver for your customer. So when they come in on a Monday morning or they've interviewed over the weekend and hired someone over the weekend, which we've done a number of times, um, you know, we, we're just on on point every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, it, it doesn't stop just because it's not a convenient time for you or or someone else. Love it. You know. Yeah. No, it's, it's an amazing story. Uh, and just outside work, I know you love your cars, I know you love the gym, and I, I know you love the mighty, uh, your family and, and the mighty Liverpool. Um, what's, what's, <laughs> what's, your, what's inspiring you uh, outside work at the moment? Um, I've just, I'm still, I'm still very much into the gym. Um, probably don't go as much as I'd like to, to, to go because, because, because uh, things are busy and life takes over, I guess. That's just, I think that's just an excuse. I just need to go to the gym more. Um, but I've got a newfound passion of golf. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So like, yeah, I'm just. I think um, you know a lot of people have always said to me a lot of uh, a lot of deals are done on the golf course, and and I've never been able to play golf, and and I and I just thought you know now I'm you know the CEO of a company that is you know a hundred plus people and we've got you know international clients which we've always had right but um, it's it's almost gone from being semi um, what's the word I'm looking for semi-serious if you if that makes sense so now this is very serious this is very very serious now this is not this is not focus that we're in that was in crawling you know with a couple of people in the office this was not this is not focus you know uh with 10 people you know a couple of people in london a couple of people in crawley you know this is serious now this is like life-changing stuff now for people who um who are able to help us to grow to that next stage and have helped us to grow mm. um so me taking up golf i think was 
um, a little bit of, you know, it, it helps with the de-stressing de yeah. of, of certain scenarios. And yeah, there is loads of stress. There's loads of stress and pressure in, in business. There just is. Um, but also, I'd like to be able to go, uh, you know, go and yeah, be able to about making myself look like an idiot. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, so I've taken up golf. I've just taken up golf about six months ago. Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good, pretty good at golf now. So yeah, yeah. it's going, it's going very well. I, I, you're, you're a man who once you decide something, you'll go for it. So I'm, I can imagine you're, um, you're, um, you're doing all right. Uh, Lloyd, that's absolutely brilliant. Listen, I really appreciate your time, but more than anything, I think having, having seen your journey from when I first met you four or five years ago to, to where you are now, it's phenomenally exciting. I think the cognitive uh, uh, integration will be phenomenally exciting as well. So uh, massive congratulations. Uh, keep on that golf course and I'll hopefully see you there one day. And thanks for yeah. your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Gordon. Pleasure. Follow us on social media by searching The Recruitment Network on LinkedIn and Facebook, at The Recruitment Network on Instagram, and at The REC Network 1 on Twitter.